Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Katie. How's it going, Katie? Good. It's officially spring here in Seoul. The cherry blossoms are out. It's beautiful. It's warm. Yeah. It's nice. I'm having a good time currently. That's good. Yeah, here in Vancouver, it's also a spring. We had a lot of cherry blossoms, although uh, it's allergy season for me, so I'm just like sneezing constantly. Oh. Yeah. That's good. It's very nice. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, there was, uh, a really cool, uh, center, uh, I think it's like a Japanese cultural center and they did like this really cool thing with the, um, with the, 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 the trees. Now I'm blanking on their names. I just woke up, but cherry blossoms trees. Yeah. That was very nice. Very, very pretty. Um, Vancouver. you know what's nice? I don't miss the weather in Vancouver, but I also don't love the dust here. Oh, the... I've heard that, yeah, uh, Seoul and, and Korea, there could be a lot of dust from what I've heard. I've never seen it yeah. myself, so I don't know personally. Maybe I'd get there and be like, this isn't that, ain't that bad, but I've heard it's not. Well, it's not the best. Okay. I don't feel good. Oh. But it's okay. Well, you know what will make you feel better? Talking about love is blind. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know, maybe it makes you feel worse, depending on on who we're talking about. Um, Yeah, but yeah, we're here covering the news that met us. But also, too, we're going to talk about love is blind because it's back. I and mean, whenever Love is Blind is on, it's just a good time. Or something like that. Um, it's yeah. something like that. It's a it's, good time or something. It's it's a good time for those watching. It's probably not a good time for the people who are on the show. Oh, for sure. I don't think it's a... No. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have a good time if I was on the show. No. Uh, I joked with a friend of mine. Like, if you were on Love is Blind... You would pull, like, your girl would pull in an arena. She would just want to, like, leave you. He didn't think it was that funny, but I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, let's dive into it. Um, yeah, we got some news. And uh, Jonathan Majors, just in the news, again, for all the wrong reasons. Well, this is kind of a continuation from last time, I should say. So... It's not like he's been worse since last time, but just more developments have come to light. Um, Jonathan Majors has been charged with multiple counts of assault and harassment by the New York City District Attorney. His defense lawyer says that there's evidence proving the actor is entirely innocent. The lawyer in question put out text messages between um, Majors and this girl he was seeing, and she, she basically admits to, like initiating some kind of physical altercation but it's also just just very strange very very weird um yeah we obviously don't know 
what is this exactly going on there, but oof, rough, rough call. Um, yeah. What do you think of this, Katie? I, I honestly, I feel like I don't know enough about it to like comment on it and like make assumptions or say anything because I guess we'll never know the truth. Yeah. You know? But. Yeah, true. Um, I feel like the person seems to at least like be a little, um, apprehensive now about what exactly happened. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't know. It, you're right. Like to the sense that like, we don't know what exactly is going on. It's just here. It's just going through what is being told through the media and who knows how much of that is true at this point but Spark is here oh hey Spark yeah. what what's up, up guys? what's up we out here ball you uh we're living the dream we're, we're talking about Jonathan Majors and his whole oh boy right now. yeah you have any thoughts on that um admittedly I haven't kept up to date um I know that uh, I heard on Twitter that she recanted, or because which that might not be true. Uh, so I know that the lawyer was releasing texts. Um, it just isn't a good look. I of course hoped that maybe this was some sort of misunderstanding, or you know, in the in the moment people kind of got out of out of hand, and there's a reasonable explanation. Um, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I just, I'm I'm hoping that everything works out for the best for all parties in, involved, but uh, it's obviously not a good look. Yeah. Yeah, some people have been saying too, like, oh, he should be fired from playing Kang in the MCU, and I don't know. I'm a little, like, I'm a wait-and-see kind of person with that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, we, we saw people jump and wanting to get um, Justin Roiland fired from everything, and then he was, and then it ended up that they dropped the charges against him. So I'm sort of like, uh, don't, don't, like, just act too brashly, but at the same time, should we probably, you know, think about maybe, you know, at least considering that, possibly? I'm sure they have. I mean, I, it would it would shock me if they hadn't had contingency plan conversations. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely could see Marvel starting to have conversations like, "Hey, what do we do if this if this goes bad?" So. Cool. Um, Disney has fired fired Marvel Entertainment chairman Ike Perlmutter and others. Um, yeah. This is one of those people at Marvel, at least uh, for a long time, was a thorn in uh, a lot of people's side, including uh, Kevin Feige, who now runs Marvel independently. But at one point, he was under um, under Ike Perlmutter's kind of, I guess, leadership. And yeah, Ike, Ike Perlmutter kind of notoriously just very sexist person just not a good person and yeah finally uh disney gave kevin feige his own kind of stewardship but ike promoter was still there but he had very little to do with marvel he was not involved with the movies or the tv shows i think he was pretty much just like he was in charge of like toys or like some kind of like something like that like, it was very much a minuscule role but now he's not in charge of anything because he just doesn't work there anymore. So, yeah, I'm sure Ken Feige's like, finally. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, again, I mean, you know, he doesn't doesn't seem too involved with the part of Marvel that I care about. So, you know, as a human being, I hope he gets back on his feet. I'm sure he's just fine yeah. uh, financially, but, you know, people still want to work, so. Yeah, well, I, I wish I could say wishing him all the best to his future endeavors or whatever, but I'm like, I kind of don't, no, not really. Not like he really 
Because I was looking it up, like, previously, and, like, he held a lot of things back from Marvel. There were certain properties and characters that he was just, like, people are not going to care, or people don't want to see a woman superhero, and it was just, just some awful stuff that was just like, oh, you really were not helping us out at all. So, yeah, bye. Like, for more, we're better off without you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of Marvel stuff, Wonder Man uh, cast Demetrius Gross as the villainous Green Reaper, who we've never had Grim Reaper in uh, live action before, but he's a pretty cool villain. Um, I mean, kind of looks a lot like the actual Grim Reaper. He's got a scythe and he's got a big death mark on his on his uh, costume. Uh, maybe not top tier Marvel villain, but still pretty cool that they're uh bringing him up in the live action so um yeah i think people were saying too that if you go and watch wandavision there was some kind of easter egg that was hinting at at uh grim reaper so like the, his helmet appeared in some animated sequence in wandavision or something so people have been speculating that he would be showing up at some point so Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have a lot to say on that. Sorry. I was, no, it's like I was gonna say. I'm like, I don't think he's like a super well-known villain, so I don't expect most people to be like, "Oh yay, it's Grim Reaper." Like, I think I've seen him pop up in some shows and pop up in some video games, like those Marvel um, kind of like Diablo-esque games that they had. Like, yeah, it's he's he showed up somewhere, but. Yeah, this will be the first time that we get to see him in live action, which hopefully, hopefully it's pretty good. Um, Deadpool 3, just chugging along. Uh, and we got some updates here. We've got Leslie Uggams and Karan Sony will be uh, reteaming with Ryan Reynolds for the MCU threequel. Um, they played uh, Blind Al, I think her name was, and then the taxi driver that teams up with with them so they're carrying over from those other two movies and then succession star matthew mcfadian uh has been cast in a mysterious role although some people think he's somehow involved with the tva which apparently will feature quite heavily in this movie hmm. yeah yeah because from what we've been told it's basically deadpool versus the tva um, well, Deadpool and Wolverine versus the TVA, so, which I was thinking about it, like, I re-watched, re uh, Deadpool 2 the other day, and, like, he does a lot of stuff mucking around with the timeline in that movie, so I kind of see how they could pick up in the third movie and be like, hey, you were fucking around with the timeline in this last movie, we're, we're here for some retribution, so, <laughs> Now that uh, like I'm hearing the rumors of this TVA being involved, at first I was like, I, I don't see how they're gonna make it happen. But now that I've watched the the second movie, I'm like, oh yeah, it would clearly be like you were fucking around, you saved your girlfriend, whatever. Like, yeah, I well, Cable also, um, his whole mission was to mess with the timeline. Yeah. So. Well then. There's a whole post credit scene of Deadpool 2 where he just goes and changes a ton of stuff. And, I mean, at the time, I was like, oh, oh, oh. But the, the more I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, the TV would be, like, fucking, like, red alarms going off all over the place. So, yeah. I Now that I think about it, I'm like, man, TVA makes so much sense if you go back and watch the second Deadpool movie. Like, they would be fucking out for blood after that. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll find out more, I'm sure. But I'm excited for Deadpool 3. It's, it's been a hot minute. And now that they've got access to the Marvel toy box, I imagine it'll be even better than before. All right. Secret Invasion. Uh, the Disney Plus series has a unofficial release date, although kind of official, because it showed up on Disney Plus. Uh, you would, when you go to... When you would search up Secret Invasion, it would actually show this, but I think they've since removed it. But it was saying that it's got a premiere date of June 21st, 2023. Obviously, this is not, like, uh, fully announced yet. 
and it could have just been a placeholder set by Disney Plus, but I mean, it's such a specific date that it's kind of hard not to be like, yeah, I could see it. <laughs> and it is a Wednesday, so typically Marvel likes to drop, or Disney Plus loves to drop stuff on Wednesdays, so. Would check out. Is anyone here excited for Secret Invasion? Uh, very much so, for me. Yeah. Um, the preview makes it look like they're kind of back to making, like, what were, like, Marvel, not, like, just blow up, like, intrigue, just, I don't know. It just, it looked good. Yeah. We're supposed to be getting a new trailer, I think, today or tomorrow, so. Huh. Yeah. I would be surprised if the trailer didn't end saying, hey, coming June 21st at this point, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. I think I need to see a bit more from the trailer because I still kind of have a bit of... I don't quite have an idea in my head of how it's all going to go. So hopefully the trailer kind of paints a good picture and gives me a better idea of whether I'm going to be excited for this or not. But, I mean, I'll probably watch it for the podcast anyways, but... We'll see. Um, Captain America New World Order is rumored to introduce adamantium to the MCU. So, I did see something about that. Yeah. Apparently, it's um, uh, the girl from Seinfeld, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. Uh, Her character is, is going to be going after adamantium in the movie. Uh... And that's kind of what's going to be putting her in opposition to a few people, I guess. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I've seen some other people say that maybe perhaps X-Men characters show up in this. I That part, I kind of don't know. And I don't know if I believe. But for sure, Adamadium being introduced makes total sense. I mean, I think we've been seeing a slow and steady approach to Marvel introducing X-Men and mutant characters. So introducing adamantium would make a whole lot of sense for setting up that world and it's such a small thing too because it's like okay uh you know you see her going after the adamantium and you just know it's a very powerful metal but then you start to kind of realize like hey this ties into like uh wolverine and all this other characters and other stuff like cool it sets up the world but can't wait bring them in baby been dying for x-men yeah and also too like they're bringing back uh Liv taylor or Liv tyler from the like the hulk. Yeah. hulk movie which is so random but i love it like i think a lot of people complained for the longest time that that movie kind of felt like an outlier to the mcu like it didn't really yes. feel like it really connected obviously because they recast hulk and other stuff but, like, I don't know, they've been slowly but surely, like, bringing back people from that movie. And I'm kind of like, I'm here for it. Like, it was maybe not the greatest movie, but, hey, it was MCU, so. Yeah. The, they already, Abominable, Abominable is already uh, run, brought, <laughs> brought back. They bring in Liv, and I think they bring back one of, like, the army guys I saw in a tweet. Like, they're just, it, it's just nice. Like, yeah. hey, this happened, so stop ignoring it. Yeah. I'm excited to see what comes of this. Um, I mean, it also makes sense, too, because uh, with Liv Tyler, because I think Hulk's going to show up in that movie. And then you also have Thunderbolt Ross, now president of the U.S. in that movie, too. It's true. I forgot. It got taken over. Yeah. So she she's going to... You know, she's got a lot of ties to the plot, so, um, yeah. But also it was kind of funny, too, because there, there were some set photos that were taken that showed her, and then Marvel, like, was quick to come out and be like, here she is. So, just, you know, just think ahead of the, the set photos a little bit, which was good on them, I guess. I don't look at set photos for that reason. I don't want to ruin anything. Yeah. Uh... Guardians of the Galaxy star Chris Pratt talks possible DCU role, saying, if James Gunn calls me, I'm answering. So, 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. A little That should surprise nobody. No, and I think he's probably... I would imagine he's probably pretty close to being done with Star-Lord. I mean, he's been playing Star-Lord since 2014. So, like, next year he'll he'll have been playing Star-Lord for, like, a decade. It's crazy. Um, Yeah, I... We don't know what's happening to many of the Guardians characters after Guardians 3, but I imagine there's going to be a few of them walking off into the sunset. We've not seen them for a while. So. Um, yeah, and I would be totally fine with that too. I, I think those characters have been around for such a long time. And the great thing about the Guardians of the Galaxy is you can have team members swap in and out and have new members of a, of a team. So Correct. Yeah. You could still make a Guardians 4, and it just has a different roster than, you know, the last three Guardians movies. So, I have, if, if I had to suspect, like, Guardians 3 is going to end, and we're going to have a lot of, we're going to still have a Guardians of the Galaxy team, but it's just going to look a lot different than it does now. So, yeah. But, I don't know who I would cast him as in, in, um... DCU. Like, maybe Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. I could see that. I don't know that he'd want another, like, uh, he being James. I don't know that he'd want Chris for another, like, franchise tentpole character, uh, just because that is so, like, it requires so much of you, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, a B or C character that, like, still really matters, but it isn't, like, Star-Lord. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I'm not James Gunn, but if it was me, I would. I would want to do something a little bit less front facing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, it's kind of crazy too, because like I think we've been. Uh, there's been some talk of like Dave Bautista was a potentially wanting to be a part of the DCU, but he wanted to play Bane, and then James Gunn told him he's a little too old to be playing Bane. Um, but yeah, like some people have mentioned Booster Gold for Chris Pratt. I can see that too. I don't know who that is, unfortunately. Uh, he's like a time traveling hero, but like the personality of that hero is pretty much kind of spot on to like the kind of characters that Chris Pratt normally plays. So, um, I think that's why a lot of people are like, oh yeah, that would be a shoe in but maybe not, you know? I think uh, James Gunn has said that he kind of wants the um, the best person for the role, whoever that may be. So maybe that's Chris Pratt. Maybe that's somebody else. So, but I don't know. I, I feel like Chris Pratt as a as a Green Lantern, I I could buy into that. I don't know if I could see him as like Superman or something like that, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh... Poison Ivy solo movie rumored, and the Mandalorian star Katie Sackhoff wants to play the villain. Um, huh. Yeah. Um, part of me thinks Poison Ivy would be kind of an interesting uh, character to see. Um, yeah, this came from the DCEU Leaks subreddit, so I don't know. Maybe not legitimate, but on there they claim that there's both a scarecrow and a poison ivy solo film in development i mean considering that we've had the joker with his own solo film i i tend to now think maybe it's possible that we get these uh kind of villain solo movies just these like well potentially one-off i mean i know joker was supposed to be a one-off and then we're getting a sequel but like you could just do like a a little short uh one-off movie but yeah yeah um, i don't i mean i don't know that we need a poison ivy solo but like maybe for hbo max i don't need a theatrical release but okay i guess like i know poison ivy in uh, a lot of the comics and other properties they tie her into like harley quinn and give her like a romantic kind of relationship with harley quinn so i could see if like you did like a poison ivy 
uh, Harley Quinn movie where they were together. That would be probably enough, but I just don't know if Harley or uh, sorry, um, Poison Ivy on her own would really be enough to support a theatrical release for sure. Maybe not even support an HBO Max movie because I'm like, I don't know, would people want to tune in to watch just Poison Ivy for let's say even 90 minutes? Probably not. I mean, they did a Peacemaker, right? Like, and who who would? Who had ever heard of that character? Like that wasn't a big comic book fan, so yeah, certainly possible. I don't want to say for HBO Max you could do anything, but yeah, I do like the idea of. I mean, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if Margot Robbie is dead as that character, but because uh, they already gave her Birds of Prey. But if they did a sequel, because I like Birds of Prey, even though it didn't do super well financially, yeah, uh, it included Poison Ivy. Yeah, I, th- I I think you got something there, bud. Um, yeah, I I think well, we've seen um, spoilers, I guess, a little bit for the post credit scene for Shazam two, but like they did bring in those peacemaker characters, and those peacemaker characters kind of tie into James Gunn's um, Suicide Squad, so. And interestingly, I rewatched that uh, Suicide Squad movie, and it kind of feels a little self-contained in the sense that, like, you could say it's not, you could say it's DCU, and I would buy into that. Like, it doesn't feel as tied to the DCU as like a lot of other movies. Like, obviously, Aquaman and uh, Wonder Woman; those are more tied to the DCU. You could tell me that the Suicide Squad that we watched, uh, you know, two or three years back is tied to the dcu and i'd be like okay fine so (laughs) whatever you say yeah maybe they bring in margaret robbie as harley quinn for another go around uh but yeah it's not the only rumored movie uh we're also apparently getting clayface so uh the batman part two will apparently feature clayface but then a po- uh, uh, in addition to that, Mike Flanagan, who probably most people know from the Haunting t- uh, series on Netflix, uh, Midnight Mass, etc., uh, he's pitched Warner Brothers on a solo Clayface movie. Or something like, huh. Yeah, again, no. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited for Clayface. I want to make yeah. that clear. But a movie about the guy? Again, no. Like, but what you could do is if you wanted to do like a K a Clayface Doctor Freeze team up or a Clayface Poison Ivy team up, right? Like, it, there needs to be something else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting too because like I'm reading it now follow up on this and then they're saying that now that the suicide squad was technically the first dcu movie so okay maybe there was something to that anyways i'm sorry yeah uh cool uh i do feel like clayface again a little too obscure for on his own but if they tie it into the batman like they're doing that penguin series and that seems to be like kind of fleshing itself out to be like some kind of adaptation of a long halloween so i'm kind of like okay maybe it's possible you make this work i i could this one i could see a bit more because if it ties into the batman you could also use it to like put in some other characters and flesh out that universe so yeah we'll see uh more dc news we're supposed to be getting our first trailer for Blue Beetle reportedly this Monday, so yes, look forward to that potentially. Um, one cast member said it was coming soon, and then some other some online publication said it was coming on Monday. So I mean, it is supposed to be coming this year, right? So, so I'm excited. Yeah, and apparently they're keeping that in the DCE or the new DCU, from what uh, James Gunn has said. So. Um, yeah, this, this, this is a part of that, that new universe, apparently, so, um, yeah, 
apparently the trailer is two minutes and 27 seconds long. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good trailer. That's not just good a trailer. quick sneak peek. <laughs> so, oh yeah. The, the movie's supposed to be out August 18th this year. So shit, that's coming. I almost like, damn, I'm a little surprised it's coming in that soon. I, considering we've seen really next to nothing on that movie, I'm a little surprised, but I think DC and Warner Brothers Discovery have been a little careful with not showing too much just because, I mean, some of their DC movies have not been doing the greatest lately. I mean, Shazam 2, what really did not succeed or do well at the box office, so. That was Warner Brothers' fault, though. I mean, they barely advertised for it, and they also told everyone, hey, this isn't a part of anything. So, yeah. like, they, they really uh, chopped its legs out from under it. Yeah. So it's, um, I uh, I do I do think maybe just doing like a tighter kind of marketing campaign for this is probably going to be better. So, yeah. But either way, I'm even just as a fan, I'm excited to see Blue Beetle. He's a character that I've wanted to see for quite some time. So, we'll we'll see. Supposedly coming very soon. So, okay, um. John Wick uh, spinoff The Ballerina eyeing a spring or summer 2024 release date. Um, this is the Anna de Armas spinoff from John Wick. And then uh, apparently we're getting the Com Continental, which is the yes. um, prequel series coming to Peacock. And that's with um, what's his name? Uh, well, it's gonna have different actors playing it, but the the two people that were running the Continental, uh, Lance Reddick's character, and then the other guy, the older gentleman. So yes, and Lance obviously can't be a part of it. No, well, I think for both, they're uh, casting younger people in the roles. So yeah. Um, uh, no spoilers on the John Wick. Um, but it did make it, it, it felt very clear to me that if they continued the story, it would be other characters because uh, it's, it's, it's not a spoiler for the movie being about John Wick, he's not in it um, a good amount. Or if he is, he's, he's kind of like pushing along other people's stories, like they just don't spend a ton of time diving deeper into who he is. Um, no. and so, yeah, whenever they do that, it, it like kind of wink, wink, like, <laughs> well, here's why you should care so much about this person. Not to give away spoilers for that movie, but like Chad Stalinsky, the director and Keanu Reeves have both said that they're kind of done with the franchise. So, you know, whatever the outcome of four is, those two have said like, we're, we're done. We're not coming back for more. I mean, obviously, money talks, they could change their mind, but yeah, they've kind of said they're done. So I think it makes a lot of sense for them to flesh out the world. And, you know, we've got a ton of characters in this universe now that they could easily focus on. I mean, um, Kane from the fourth movie, like, he was such an interesting character, and everyone really gravitated yes. towards him. Give him some more. Why not? So, yeah, so. We're getting a ton of John Wick stuff, whether you're ready for it or not, I guess. But I, I personally, I'm a little curious. I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm a hundred percent on board with what's going to happen next in this franchise. I'm a little curious, a little, I don't want to say cautious, but just a little curious about where it's all going to land. I, I don't know if the if you can keep the narrative as tightly focused as it has been on John Wick in like the last like four movies. Uh, this is going to be kind of the interesting point where it's like, do people care about John Wick with all these spinoffs and side characters and stuff? So I, again, not hundred percent sure I'm on board yet, but I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that it might be okay. Uh, Black Panther director Ryan Coogler is reportedly developing an X-Files reboot. So, I'm not... Uh, that? 
I'm not a big X-Files person, but I'm excited for those who are, because this means more for them. Uh, but yeah, Chris Carter, who developed the original series, did say, hey, we're working on this. Uh, Ryan Coogler's attached, and I don't think he was supposed to say anything about that, but <laughs> loose lips sink ships. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, sounding pretty, pretty interesting. Um, we don't know too much yet about what they're going to do. I think he did mention there was something about, like, there was going to be some diversity with the characters and whatnot, which I think is good. Uh, obviously, that's something that a lot of projects now are aiming to have, is some diversity in the cast and the stories that they tell. So, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Uh, and then, final bit of news. House of Dragons is supposed to be getting a shorter second season as a quote-unquote major battle is saved for season three. But we now know that the show will be running for a total of three to four seasons. That's what they have planned. So they're not quite sure if it's four or three, but it's not going to be more than four. So, which I think is good. If you know the story of House of the Dragon, it's not an infinite storyline. I know some people speculated that they could tell different stories within the Game of Thrones universe revolving around the Targaryens, but like, I guess if you're looking at the original House of Dragon book and all that it entails, yeah, three to four seasons sounds about right. So, I don't know. Is anyone here disappointed? <laughs> like, have three, four seasons of the show, or are we happy? That's. Three, three is I didn't expect this to be a six, seven, eight season arc. So, yes, three is fine with me. Give it to me, baby. Yeah. <sighs> I just, man, it just sucks that we're having to wait like two, three years between seasons too. Like, yes. Because really, like, if this goes as planned, then that means like we're gonna be waiting like, like. Oh gosh, like six years for the show to complete if they keep on like a two year between season gap. So, but I mean, it seems like that's going to be the case for a lot of those HBO shows like The Last of Us Part Two. Um, you know, looks like it's going to be two years between seasons, which by the way, I didn't put this in the notes, but they're moving production from Alberta to BC. So there is a possibility I could... Um, I could be in the second season of The Last of Us. Maybe I'll just like Carabios it quicker or something. I love it. Um, but we always, I mean, they when we first talked about the show, it's like, so they're going to split the video game up, but they did the whole game. Like they did, they ended the way the game ended uh, in the first one, which means that part two would just be like they might do a season that's just the DLC stuff, but otherwise, that's only really a two or three season TV show. Yeah. And I know there's rumors on the gaming side of things that they're working on the third game, if anything, just to like give story for the show. Um, but we don't know if that's true or not. Um, I think the last we heard from. Uh, the uh, developers of the games, they were saying like they're they're they know what their next game is, but they weren't ready to commit to telling people it was going to be The Last of Us Part Three. But I think a lot of people are expecting that's going to be the case. And then potentially there was some I watched some YouTube video where some guy did a timeline of like saying like, well, you know, the game could come out like around the same time the second or sorry the third season of the show comes out. And then that was set up the game for being adapted into the uh, fourth season of the show. And then some people have also said, too, well, obviously, you know, Naughty Dog knows the story. They could kind of give that information to the showrunner so they could develop this, the show. But then at that point, too, you also have to keep in mind that, you know, if the show comes out, say, uh, you know, in six years time, we get season uh four of the show well you better be ready with that game otherwise they're gonna start spoiling your game and then no one's gonna want to buy it so um yeah so it's it's a, it's a high wire act but it's interesting to see what they're gonna do with the last of us okay um cool 
Well, that's it for uh, reviews this, or for news this week. Let's get to some quick reviews, and then we're gonna also talk about Love Is Blind and The Mandalorian. So, back in a minute. Hey everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast, letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. All right, we're back. Um, yeah. Not a whole lot to review this week, uh, if anything, just because, well, Dungeons and Dragons is out, but I saw that like two weeks in advance. So um, <laughs> check back on my previous, <clears throat> the previous episode to hear my review of it. Although I did give it a glowing review. I did like... Um, Dungeons and Dragons, maybe just for the sake of it. I know Spark, you watched it. What did, what did I you did. think of of that movie? Yeah, I mean, I I will be the first to admit when I saw the preview for that, I was like, "This is dumb. I don't know why they're making that. Board game movies don't work." Uh, and I was wrong. Um, I did find out that the makers of Game Night were a part of that, which makes way more sense. Yes, because. Actually, in a, I don't know if it's if it's part of their system, but the preview for Game Night, uh, which most people won't remember, uh, wasn't exactly thrilling. I wasn't like, can't wait to see it. And then I saw it, and I was like, this is, and I'm not exaggerating, one of the better comedies of that year. Like, I, I put it up against... But anyway, this isn't about Game Night. But similarly, Dungeons & Dragons, um, it just... It blends kind of the fantastical with like keeping it grounded, like where they could, they use like animatronics or puppets to make it more real. And when you're so used to being bombarded by CGI to see them take the time to do real set pieces, like you don't realize how much you miss it, especially if you're older. Like if you're 12, you don't really remember pre-CGI, but like I do, uh, Kurt does. Yes, definitely. Um, and so I remember seeing movies at the scale of a superhero movie where they barely used any CGI. Um, partially because it wasn't very good, but that's it's not. Anyway, the point is, this movie does, a, and it's very funny. And, uh, you know, a couple of people I have said online saw it's predictable, and it's like, look, um, there are, all the movies have already been made. Okay, um, like every once in a while and everywhere all at once comes along and like be gracious and happy you got to live to see it. But other than that, everything's already been made. So it's not about is it predictable. It's like, have you taken the set pieces and put it together in an amazing way? Um, and maybe amazing might, might be too much, but like all of us have had pizza. Some of it's been good and some of it's been bad. You know what I mean? Like nobody's making new pizza. So yeah. Anyway, that was a lot. But I, feel, I just feel very strongly about how good this movie is, and it aggravates me when, when people nitpick in a, in a way that I feel is, like, disingenuous. Yeah. No. I I did... Uh, yeah, I think I gave this, like, an 8 out of 10. It is very good. I think my only complaint with the movie is it does feel... Definitely feel like a first movie in a franchise, in the sense that, like, it's setting up a lot, introducing a lot of the world and characters... And I just personally am not a big fan of that. Like, I'm more interested in your second movie, the movie that's going to do some wilder, crazier things with the characters and plot. So, I don't know. Uh, it's not necessarily, like, probably the most egregious issue you can find in a movie, but I was just like, ah. Uh. <laughs> as much as I really like this movie, I'm like, I'm more excited for what you do now that you've set up these characters in the world. Like, what do you do with a with a second movie? I love I'm curious to see what they do. So there certainly is a lot of setup. I mean, undeniably, like at every yes. I mean, uh, yes. I, I won't argue with that. Um, I will say one other thing. I do want to say is even with the CGI, there is a mo a final battle moment 
between because uh, I'm not spoiling anything here. So not but the Red Wizard and the team, and again, it is shot, animated, and paced so well. Um, and it's also not too long, right? Like you're not inundated with. They kind of get you. Ah, man, that's seeing that makes me look at other DC and Marvel fights. And, and and scoff. Hello, do you see this? Do you see how good this looks? Yeah. That's it. Cool. All right. Uh, well, I'm to some other stuff. Um, when time got louder is a new movie. Um, and it's uh, it's quite quite an interesting kind of movie because it sort of circles around. Um, Abby, this character who's leaving for college, um, and she has to leave her parents and her brother who has, uh, autism and is on the spectrum. He's nonverbal. Um, but at the same time, she's a, a growing woman. She's kind of discovering her independence, her sexuality. So she's sort of like, Hey, how do I, how do I live my new life? But also care for my nonverbal autistic brother. Um, and even from reading that, I'm thinking most people can probably predict how this movie kind of goes. And I think, unfortunately, it is a little predictable. Um, but at the same time, too, um, I mean, it was it was cute enough. And, um, yeah, uh, there, was, there was a lot of good performances in this. My major complaint, though, aside from the predictability of the plot, is that this movie felt just a little bit too um softly lit in the lighting department uh kind of felt like i was watching like a soap opera it was just like so softly lit at times and it was just very distracting um there was points where there was like some scenes and i was just like i i'm being pulled out from the scene just because of just how bad the lighting is i maybe not even bad but i'll say inappropriate the lighting is it could have been done a lot differently i think it would have been a better a better uh, movie for it so uh yeah maybe a bit of a stifled message but i mean still probably worth watching i'll give it like a seven out of ten uh just yeah could have definitely used a, a little bit more uh better lighting and other stuff so cool and then i've reviewed beef last week but katie is going to review it this week because katie also saw beef um, I did watch it. I watched Beef. What'd you think of Beef? I I like Ali Wong. Um, I didn't know how insane it would be until I saw it. Yeah. Was my first reaction. I was just like, oh, it's like a road rage. Like, why is it such a big deal? And then it was a whole thing. It, it was like out of this world, but the editing also kind of reminds me of everything everywhere all at once. I don't know if they like took inspiration from it for the editing, like the the music. And, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm imagining things, but like the way that they talk about like life and like I don't know. It's very like. Reminiscent of everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I I like the edit, the acting, the storyline was like. At first, it was confusing, and I was like, I don't understand how that this could be like a eight or ten episode thing because it's just like, oh, they got into like a road rage incident, like. But they're both insane people, so I understand now. Um. But I enjoyed it. It was very fun. I I was engaged the whole time. I I think I I think my biggest problem with it was the ending. I don't understand it. I was left feeling very confused. Um I felt like it could it could have had like a better different ending. But other than that, it was a good watch and I would give it an eight out of ten. I do agree about the ending. I think 
the problem with that show is it needed like a 15 minute like epilogue afterwards just to kind of like give me a bit more context for what happens at the end i could see what they were going for like i think it leaves it semi ambiguous mm-hmm. but i was i was a, left a little more like i wanted answers i just wanted a little bit more but i was feeling quite dissatisfied to be honest with the ending yeah i don't know what they were trying to do there but it was not great Okay. Um. Uh, well, uh, let's take one last quick break, and then Katie and I are gonna talk about episodes six through eight of Love Is Blind, and we're gonna I'll talk about The Mandalorian, which had a, its latest episode. All right, back in a sec. Hey, Spark. Have you listened to the newest album by Smash Mouth? No, I haven't gotten my copy yet. Oh, man, it's the bomb. Oh, I heard they were going to use this for that new movie with Mike Myers, Shrek. It's okay. I mean, it's no walking on the sun, though. Ah, the ghost. I'm the ghost of streaming What's streaming? You can magically play It's pretty cool. In fact, Amazon Music offers a three-month trial for new users to check out its vast selection. Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future. It's a device that you can stream on. In fact, why don't you go to http colon forward slash forward slash get Amazon forward slash so you can try the service for free for one month. If you don't like it, you can unsubscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep? All right, we're back. Okay, now we can talk about Love is Blind. Now that Spark's gone, the, the adult's gone, the kids can take over the the madhouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're here to talk about Love is Blind. Uh, we have seen all 12 episodes, but we're only allowed to talk about episodes 6 through 8, which is excruciating because... If you know Love is Blind, you know there's no way you can talk <laughs> about just three episodes without talking about it at all. But I have we have to both show like expert level spoiler uh, control. Um, but yeah, uh, episodes six through eight, uh, just a wild ride. I think the season of Love is Blind has to be the most chaotic yet. Like, and that's not necessarily a total in. In, like impression of the entire cast but just the whole energy of the show this season is just like what the fuck mm-hmm. is going on it's like it's yeah like, if, if there was like a manual for like the the show then people were following it in the previous seasons it's like in this season they just threw it away they threw it into like a wood chipper they're like we're done we're, we're making our own rules because just everything get is so chaotic in this season <sighs> Um, I think a new villain has emerged in Love is Blind, and it's Jack. Yeah. Yeah. hmm Yeah. Because I think I've been watching the show, and people have been love, like, really liking uh, Jackie up until this point. But I think this, like, three episodes they put out definitely is, like, this is your point where you have to decide if you, like jackie or still or not because she she definitely gives you a lot of reasons not to like her um you don't like her i i I was very disappointed i think she's no i i like i can 
understand her feelings, but I feel like she could have handled it better. Yeah. So, like, by end of episode eight, pick me, they have this big party celebrating uh, Chelsea's birthday. And you know that the producers of the show were like, let's just invite these people just fucking create drama. I love the producers of the show because they were probably like, yeah, let's do this nice little thing for Chelsea. And then they're like, uh, what if we invite Amber to fuck things up for Paul and Micah? And oh, what if we, what's the guy's name that was? Josh. Josh, yes. He's largely very forgettable as a person, but he's only memorable because he's right now creating a ton of friction for Jackie and uh, Marshall. Um, but yeah, you know that they invited those two just to like stir up shit, and I, I I respect them for it. They're just like let's 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 just have some fun. Um, but yeah, uh, I Josh just brought like the weirdest energy to that party. Like he was being so aggressive, non-aggressive with Marshall, and then yeah telling jackie that you know he loves her basically and all this and yeah we kind of get a bit of a of a uh cut to black very quickly we don't find out what happens with that uh but for sure you're gonna get some resolution in the next batch of episodes but um yeah just ugh, this this episode's been tough uh just to kind of like jackie just seems so ill-fitted for the show the show about like finding your your husband and she's more concerned about like having rough sex and i'm like i don't know i understand that everyone's got like sexual preferences and stuff like that but it just seems like she's on the show for the completely wrong reasons so i feel like she just like she completely was not ready so i don't know why she even was on the show yeah like, honestly, she probably would have been better suited for, like, a show, like, Too Hot to Handle or something like that. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we also did get um, everyone kind of coming back to Seattle after being in Mexico. Uh, we also, I mean, got follow-up on Zach and Irina. They're no more. But now we have Zach and Bliss. They're a thing again. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have, I have never been more conflicted about a single Love Is Blind contestant more than I have with Zach. Like, part of me just hates him and doesn't like him at all, and then part of me kind of secretly roots for him. I don't know. I'm feeling really conflicted about him. Um, what do you think of? Zach and what's been going on with him the last couple episodes. At first, he kind of creeped me out. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, okay, I like I feel bad because he's been treated so badly by Irina. And then, I don't know, his whole relationship with Bliss is so crazy to me. Like, I don't know how like i don't understand how she can be so sure about this person that just like you know um and she seems like a logical person um so i don't know i don't know i don't know i hope i hope they're doing well i i i honestly i want to know how jackie and josh are doing yeah um well, we don't even know if they get together at the end of episode eight, but yeah, it definitely seems to paint a bad picture for Marshall. I mean, the fact that she is so quick to, uh, like, I think it was a perfect storm of her just not wanting something serious and Marshall being the nice guy and her just thinking like, I, I don't want this. I want the bad boy, which again, it's like, that's. You could, don't need to be on a reality show to get that. You could easily go get that in the real world. Like, just go to any bar and you'll you'll find a hookup. <laughs> like, it's not hard. It just, it definitely seems like she is not, she was not the right person for this show. And it seems to me like she just wanted to be on just for her, like, 
two seconds of flame or whatever. Like, and that's just what bugs me the most about her is just like, and I'm sure, uh, you know, when we get to the reunion, they'll touch on this because there's been other people in the past, like shake from season two, same thing. It's like, why the fuck were you on the show? If you're not ready to get married. Right. Um, there's, yeah, I feel like they were, she's just on the show just to boost her Instagram follower count. And I hate to say that, but I think that's what a lot of people come on the show to do. And I think Micah's on the show for that exact same reason too. But obviously we're going to have to wait to see what happens with Micah and Paul. But I, I just get that vibe from Micah that she's, she's not serious about this. She just wants to basically boost her follower account on Instagram, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, but yeah, a lot of the other couples relatively had good success. Uh, um, Brett and Tiffany, they kind of, uh, show off each other to each other's friends and family and there's no issues there. Um, Kwame and Chelsea introduce, uh, each other's to Chelsea's family. Not so much to Kwame's family. We find out Kwame's mom is not really on board with this wedding, so... But will that, will that prevent them from getting married? That's that's what we'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah. Uh, Mike and Paul meet each other's parents. It's, it goes pretty well. So, yeah. I, I think it's clear to me that, like, some of the couples are doing okay. But, yeah, there's definitely some bubbling issues with definitely Marshall and Jackie and um yeah cool um well uh i think what was your score last time did you give this a seven i'm trying to remember um i think around that range like yeah like a seven yeah uh i have it here you gave it a seven and a half are you still sticking with a seven and a half changing it slightly uh, I'm gonna change it to a seven. Okay. Mostly because of how frustrating Jackie is. Yes. Fair. Um. Yeah, I give it a nine out of ten. I'll st I'll still stick with that. I do think this is, for better or for worse, one of the more interesting seasons of Love Is Blind. So. Mm -hmm. I mean, say what you will about how you feel about each contestant, but. They're still, they're still uh, on the tip of your tongue, so to speak. So, um, all right, and let's see. We've got, uh, uh, we have the Mandalorian episode five, uh, which is the latest episode. Uh, called The Pirate and um, kind of like a follow-up to a previous episode where we got these uh, pirates coming around uh, and it's a good episode for uh, well, it actually introduces a character from Rebels called Zeb who a lot of people like uh, obviously too, we're also getting a big setup for uh, a live-action Star Wars Rebels continuation so them introducing Zeb was a good way to be like Hey, here's a character from Rebels, and arguably Zeb uh, would have been the hardest to pull off because, at least in the original show, he's well, yeah, and then he's an alien. So, um, how you kind of make an alien uh, work in in Star Wars live action is always going to be a good question. Like, how's it going to look and everything? And largely, his look in this looks pretty good. Uh, and then, of course, yeah, you've got the pirates uh invading um the uh the episode of, or the planet we saw from a few episodes back navarro and um yeah just like a fight good battle episode a lot of good action you also see uh katie sackoff's character uh bo -Katan. she really kind of like elevates and does more in this episode i think they're definitely trying to set up that she's trying to elevate herself to being leader of the Mandalorians. Um, and also, too, there was a good kind of investigation into what happened with uh, Moff Gideon. We find out he never made it to trial, but why? 
and how, and you find out that, yeah, he's still out there somewhere in the universe. So what happens to Moff Gideon, we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, uh, a lot going on in this episode, uh, but largely still entertaining. I would give it like an 8 out of 10. I did think it could have used a little bit tighter storytelling, but largely was still pretty enjoyable. Well, that's it for this episode, and uh, next week, uh, Katie and I will be talking about episodes 9 through 11 of Love is Blind, so that's the new batch that's coming out April 7th, and then, uh, yeah, I'll be talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie, and who knows what else we'll, we'll talk about, but until next time, everybody, bye for now.